Today, the world can communicate with text, images, audio, and video at the speed of light. Most of this is done via undersea fiber optic cables, which connect the various continents to each other. All of this modern long-distance communication had its start with the first transatlantic telegraph cable. The first long-distance submarine communications cable, which connected Europe and North America in 1858. Learn more about the ambitious 19th century project, which reduced the time of information across the Atlantic from days to minutes, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream. Guess what my favorite online streaming service is? It isn't Netflix, Hulu, or HBO. It's CuriosityStream. I've been a CuriosityStream subscriber since the service was first launched in 2015 by the founder of the Discovery Channel. CuriosityStream is dedicated to quality documentaries and original programming about almost any subject you can think of. Prices start at $2.99 per month or $19.99 per year. If you're a curious person, and let's face it, if you're listening to this podcast, you are, then you can start your subscription by visiting everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream or by clicking on the link in the show notes. While it may not seem like it now, the telegraph was more revolutionary than the telephone, the fax machine, or even the internet. Prior to the invention of the telegraph, information couldn't travel faster than the person who carried it. Advances in information transfer were the same as advances in transportation. 
The slowness of transmitting information led to enormous lags between people being notified about wars ending or beginning. The Battle of New Orleans during the War of 1812 was famously fought after the treaty ending the war had been signed. The idea behind the telegraph began almost as soon as electricity was harnessed. In 1753, anonymous letter to Scott's Magazine hypothesized of an electrostatic telegraph device that had a cable for every letter of the alphabet. By 1774, Georges-Louis Lesage had created a primitive telegraph system that could communicate between rooms of his house in Geneva. The first working system, which could readily transmit information, was built by Englishman Francis Ronalds in 1816. He offered the invention to the British Admiralty, who rejected it as being wholly unnecessary. In 1832, Baron Schilling von Kansat set up a circuit in St. Petersburg, which was five kilometers long and went underwater and underground. The system which really allowed the telegraph to take off was the system created by American Samuel Morse. In 1837, he created the telegraph key and the on-off code system, which became known as Morse code. In Europe and North America, telegraph systems were spreading rapidly in the 1840s. The idea of a transatlantic telegraph cable was first proposed during this time. However, there was still nothing even remotely close to this distance which had been achieved. It was like talking about going to Mars after the very first space flight. In 1850, England and France were connected via a cable across the English Channel. As much of an accomplishment as crossing the English Channel with a cable was, crossing the ocean was several orders of magnitude more challenging. Around this time, Frederick Newton Gisborne, a telegraph operator in Nova Scotia, began floating the idea of extending a telegraph cable from Newfoundland all the way to Europe. In 1854, he was introduced to Cyrus West Field, a businessman and financier. Field did his research and came to the conclusion that a cable across the Atlantic was feasible. The most logical route would be connecting Newfoundland to Ireland, the shortest route, which also followed some of the smoothest terrain on the seafloor. Field created the New York, Newfoundland, and London Telegraph Company for the express purpose of raising money and laying a transatlantic cable. He sought out John Watkins Brett, who was the world's foremost expert on underseas cables and the man responsible for the English Channel Cable and the first cable from England to Ireland. The cable which they designed consisted of seven strands of copper wire coated in gutta percha, which is a natural, non-electrically conductive rubber. That was then covered in hemp cloth, covered in tar, which was then surrounded by a helix of iron wires. They needed 2,500 miles of the stuff. The problem was, no one could make that much of it, especially in the four months they needed it by. They gave contracts to two different companies, which was fine except for the fact that the two companies wound the outer iron layer in opposite directions. Both the British and American government subsidized the project as they both had a vested interest in improving communications. In 1857, they set out with ships borrowed from both governments to begin laying the cable. 300 miles out from the coast of Ireland, the cable broke. With the cable two miles below the surface, they abandoned the attempt and returned with a plan to try again and use the remaining cable in an attempt the next year. In June 1858, they tried again. This time, the plan was to start in the middle with both ships and go in opposite directions. They had breaks in the cable almost immediately this time. They had the first break after only three kilometers and subsequent breaks after that. At this point, everyone was getting frustrated. Many investors wanted to give up and sell the cable to recoup some of their money. Field wanted to press on. On July 29th, the two ships met again in the middle of the Atlantic, and this time, everything worked. 
On August 4th, the cable arrived in Newfoundland, and the next day it arrived in Ireland. It was only a matter of days before they were sending messages. On August 16th, the first official message was sent by telegraph across the Atlantic Ocean. It read, Directors of Atlantic Telegraph Company, Great Britain, to directors in America. Europe and America are united by telegraph. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill towards men. The next message was a congratulatory letter from Queen Victoria to President James Buchanan. The transmission speed was still extremely slow, but still much faster than ship. The Queen's message, which was 98 words long, took 16 hours to transmit. The next day, there was a huge celebration in New York. Church bells rang, fireworks were launched, and there was a torchlight parade in the evening. This was a very big deal. Unfortunately, it wouldn't last very long. Within a month, the cable had failed. Attempts to increase the voltage on the cable from 600 volts to 2,000 volts damaged the cable. Also, design flaws in the cable, as well as problems laying it, were all identified. During the short time it was active, it proved itself extremely valuable. The British countermanded an order for two regiments in Canada to return to England, which saved the government over 50,000 pounds. Even short messages could have enormous value. 732 messages were passed across the cable before it failed. It wasn't until 1865 that another cable was attempted. By this time, much more had been learned about undersea cables, with cables having been strung across the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. The new cable would be a thicker, pure core of copper wire coated in a concoction known as Chatterton's compound, which was three parts gutta percha, one part rosin, and one part Stockholm tar. This was then covered in more compound, even thicker, stronger iron cables, and a hemp covering. It was twice the weight of the 1858 cable. The cable was to be laid by the SS Great Eastern, which was the largest ship in the world, an iron steamer converted to lay cable. In 1865, the Great Eastern set out, and they suffered a break in the cable over a thousand miles out from Ireland. In 1866, the ship set out again to find the broken cable, splice it, and finish the job. They managed to find the broken cable in the middle of the ocean and complete the project. The 1866 cable was vastly superior to the 1858 cable. The first cable could only transmit one character every two minutes, or 0.1 words per minute. The 1866 cable could transmit eight words per minute, an 80-fold improvement. With the success of the 1866 cable, more cables were laid. Within a few decades, dozens of cables had crossed the Atlantic at different points. By the year 1900, transmission speeds had increased to 120 words per minute, a further 15-fold improvement. Today, a single fiber-optic cable going across the Atlantic with multiple wavelengths of light and multiple strands of glass can carry 53 terabytes of data every second, or enough to transmit the entire catalog of CuriosityStream in the blink of an eye. Executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is James Makala. Special thanks to everyone who supports the show over on Patreon. Please remember to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Even a simple review can really help the show get discovered in the sea of other podcasts that are out there.